Welcome back to our second edition of the No Fs podcast for the week. We got the whole squad back, and I think Shay's going to start us off with the Pats. All right, boys, so we got uh, Patriots-Falcons. We're going to see two elite quarterbacks go at it, obviously. Uh, Truth be told, I think it's just going to be a lot of Belichick defense coming into his own. Mac Jones has a guy that he appears he can hand the ball off to, and Ramondre uh, Stevenson, I believe is his name. And, you know, the Patriots are really starting to come together. Arthur Smith is doing the best he can with this Falcons team. It's really just a dumpster fire in Kyle Pitts. So that's all I've got in the situation at the moment. It's a mega dumpster fire. And you know who started that dumpster fire, Shay? His name is Matthew Ryan. Matthew Ryan is the OG dumpster fire starter. Uh, but yeah, honestly, this game's going to end 17 to 14 and the Patriots are going to win because they run the ball slightly better and Cordero Patterson is banged up. So that's what I was going to say. I feel like the Cordero Patterson injury is huge here. Cause well, like, good. Arthur Smith, all he's done all season is just scheme up ways to get Patterson and Pitts one-on-one. Like that's, that's been the whole offense. So if he doesn't have one of them and they can just constantly double Pitts, he's, and Belichick's not going to let him throw the pits. The thing that really sucks right now for Arthur Smith is Ridley is just not there. Like, you lose Julio, and you like you kind of knew you were never going to have him, but you sort of expected to have Ridley all year, and, you know, he's dealing with mental health stuff, so he's just not been there. And it's really, really taken a toll on Pitts and Cordell Patterson just to carry the load. Also, I'd, I'd like... I'd like to know what the mental health break is. It doesn't matter because it's like he's salary capped and like all this stuff. So like, it doesn't matter. But just like from a from a fan perspective, like, I, is it like a depression issue? Is it like a family issue? I don't know. I, I think it was like the Ben Simmons thing, where he's like, he's obviously not wanted in Philadelphia. He knows that, and so like. Clearly, like, he doesn't want to be there, and so the mental health thing is an escape, although I do think he needs a little bit of, like, confidence boosting and whatnot. The thing that's really tough about the Ridley situation is he just kind of out of nowhere was like, yeah, like, I've got some stuff going on, I can't go to London, and then he's like, I've got some stuff going on, I can't play. And so that is more, like, uh, I guess worrisome for me. If I, if I were Arthur Blank and Arthur Smith, that would worry me. Yeah, like, the Ben Simmons one to me, I think, is obviously, like, he's just trying to get out, and he doesn't want to be fined, and so if he has an injury, he can't be fined. The Calvin Ridley, he was playing great, and so, like, it is a little bit more uh, worrisome, just in the sense that, like, I just hope he's okay. Um, And he's a quality player, and, and stuff like that normally just is, like, bad things. Um, but let's kick it over to, I think, probably the most interesting game of the slate, Colts-Bills. Uh, Playoff rematch. Yeah, so it's a rematch of last year's playoffs, right? Um, yep. I like the Colts. I know it's hot, but man, I like the Colts here. Uh, okay, so the game's at, it's in Buffalo. It's in Buffalo. And, but, but the weather is supposed to be um, it's supposed to be actually pretty good. Okay. So my thought on it is, if Jonathan Taylor continues to be the guy and get all the carries and Carl Wentz doesn't have to do all that much, if he doesn't have to do a whole lot, I think they're in a pretty good situation. 
if they say, yo, Carson, you know, get off the John Deere, it's time to start hucking some balls, then you get into some trouble because Josh Allen will out-throw Carson Wentz. Carson's mid-getting mid sacked by two different guys and he's still putting the ball up in the air. That's where it gets thick, dicey. In Carson Wentz's head, he is better than Patrick Mahomes. Now, his body is closer to Drew Brees than that, but, you know, he thinks he's the guy, which is the best part. Like, he's going to go the, undercover the, into, into Bill's Mafia beforehand and smash a few tables and break, like, his <laughs> shoulder and not feel yeah. <laughs> Shay's ability to find a love for Matt Ryan and at the same time find reasons to hate Carson Wentz will never cease to amaze me. If I read you their stats, okay, I'm gonna read like I'm gonna read you and you tell me if this is Carson Wentz or Josh Allen. Carson Wentz or Josh Allen? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twenty four hundred yards, seventeen yeah. touchdowns, three picks. Well, that feels like Josh Allen. That's but Carson Wentz. Oh Carl. Yeah, his yeah, his interceptions have been impressive though. That no, his interception <laughs> I don't tell you this dude, when he's bad, he's awful. I mean, like, like I said, like, he, he has potential to be like a top ten talent. But when he is bad, he is always a bottom there five decision maker. There was a long debate in like the sports world about whether or not Carson went through that one interception intentionally or not because he did it so well. <laughs> Dude, he—I will give you this: when when he's bad, it's it's like benchworthy bad. Like when Josh Allen throws a pick, you're like, "Oh, he misread the coverage. Get him next time, <laughs> guy." And when Carson Wentz throws a pick, you're like. My God, <laughs> go back to college, <laughs> go back to high school football. That is awful. Uh, when Carson Wentz throws an interception, it just it reminds me of like little league football. It's like I'm throwing my first pass. I'm gonna get out there. It's gonna go. You know, <laughs> give your receiver yeah. a chance, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just said, <laughs> I the the Bills have the 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 Bills this season have pretty consistently played this like shell cover three type of defense and they don't get out of it too much. Um, I do think that's going to be a very big issue when they play teams like the Colts and like the Titans that like to assert themselves physically. Um, You know, if you're playing that soft cover three, you only have eight guys left. And realistically, you probably only have six guys left to stop the run. Um, And that's when the Colts are going to be really good, especially – the Colts are one of the few teams that still have the ability to pull both guards. Um, and then on top of that, uh, I do think that the Colts tight end should have a pretty big game, mostly no Alley Cox. The only uh, thing that Quinn worried, Nelson might be hurt. I just, I don't know. Foot injury again? I, he was down. I, just, I don't hmm. know this. I can. Um, he's, he's not on the injury report yet. The only thing that worries me about the Bills' defense is – I think what they're trying to do is like the, the old Seahawks Legion of Boom style defense where they're saying, we'll do cover three, and then when we have to, we'll switch to cover one. But they never switch. It, it's yeah. like they're always sitting in this like cover three, cover five shell, and they're just waiting on somebody to make a mistake and try to throw it deep. Which, you know, to be fair, people get impatient. Like, if you let Carson Wentz go at his own devices. But... If you have a running game, like it, it makes it really, really tough to stop. Yeah, and, I, and that's why the Titans, you know, beat the brakes off them. I think that, that if you look at all of the teams they've faced so far this season, and you're like, 
what do they all have in common? Like, how have they lost? They've lost to the Steelers because of the running game. They lost to the Titans because of the running game. They lost to the Jags because of the running game. So I do think it's one of those things where um, if you really get into the weeds of it, they play teams that throw the ball a lot really well, but if they play a team that runs the ball really well, they're going to have some issues. Uh, what are we jumping to next? What are you thinking about hitting Browns' lines? Sorry, uh, last yeah. thing. Uh, oh. Quentin Nelson's not hurt. Sorry. Not hurt? Okay. Healthy? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. The only thing I want to say about Browns-Lions is the Baker situation. Um, I, I will just say this. Baker is 0-14 when his team gets outrushed. He's played 54 games. At this point, you know if he's your franchise guy. I get why the Browns are jumpy about it, because pretty much besides Bernie Kosar, they've never had a quarterback that you could count as a franchise guy. Uh, but Baker ain't it. Um, it's the only either. thing about Baker that's tough for them is he's the only guy in like the last 25 years who's won. Like, yeah. the only guy. So how do you move on from that? I don't know. You know, they're, they're clearly very, very hesitant about moving forward without him. You know, them paying the guards kind of signals that unless Baker takes this very team-friendly deal, they're going to say, fuck it, Ricky quarterback. Which, you know, Stefanski will make work. I, I actually think they'll probably dip into the, like, Teddy Bridgewater. I think they could even go after a guy like Trevor Simeon. Uh, Jameis Winston, I think, could be really interesting, especially, like, depending you think on... You Jameis is out in New Orleans? I'm not saying I think he's out of New Orleans, but I think New Orleans could enter into a full, like, mini-rebuild and just, like, try and go, you know, like, go get some offensive linemen, get another wide receiver, especially with the issues that they've been having um, out there with Mike Thomas. So they could – it wouldn't surprise me to see not necessarily a complete teardown because I like what they have on the defensive side of the ball, but just a little mini-rebuild on the offensive side, get a little bit younger – because once you have the quarterback on that in that rookie five-year deal spectrum, the ability to win becomes a lot easier uh, in terms of like how you have to pay people. And I think Jameis is going to want more money than he's getting now, um, and that's going to be problematic. But you know, I mean, they, they're also the Browns are also prime for an Aaron Rodgers landing if they can make it stick and get fancy with the cap. I don't know if they can do that, but uh, I think Cleveland just in general is not as appealing. Like Pittsburgh. to me, to me, even Green Bay is more appealing than Cleveland at this point. Like I get that you have Nick Chubb, but you're also seeing AJ Dillon emerge. You've got Bobby Tanyan, you've got Aaron Jones, you've got Devontae Adams, all barring Aaron stays. And the Packers' defense is playing great ball right now. So like Pittsburgh to me is a more realistic landing spot than Cleveland. Cleveland um, just dude, like, I am feels pushing back on that Packers right defense. Now. Oh man, I'm big pushback there. This it, like they're one of the worst red zone units in the league. They looked better last week because of fucking Russell Wilson throwing three ducks in the end zone. But uh, I do not think that this defense is actually very good. Um, I'm a certified I, Russell Wilson hater. I love to see it. Um, but I, I mean, I just think the Packers defense is in a very good spot right now, where they're getting people back healthy. They're, like their secondary is really starting to come back. I think Jair's due back in he is two or three two weeks. weeks. Two yeah. weeks. But with how they've been playing, like there's no reason to think Aaron would leave, especially with Randall. That if they had gotten Odell Beckham, if they could have swung it, I don't think he leaves. 
but now I think it's 50-50, like there at Pittsburgh. Oh, dude, yeah. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. You don't think so? I don't think it has anything to do with the team anymore. Like, I just think he's you done. You think he's gone? I, I don't know. I mean, like, I... I mean, to they're me, still really like, good this year. Like they're first. I think they're in first place in the whole NFC. Like I don't. I don't think it feels that. like they've kind of put themselves out of it a little bit. I, I don't know. To me, like kind of giving up on Von Miller and just saying, you know what, picks. Like I just think that that's sort of like you've excused yourself from the Aaron Rodgers conversation. Like, Carolina, I think, could have an argument for it, but I think Carolina's sneaky in there. Yeah, I think it's like Carolina-Pittsburgh and then uh, somebody else. I just don't think there's a great situation other than those two, really. Sorry to give you hope, Will, but I think Carolina's, especially with their defense. I also think that everything that's going right for the Packers can be easily dumbed down to Aaron Rodgers plays well. Um, I think we saw what Jordan Love was like. It wasn't good. And I understand that that's his first start and his offensive line didn't play super great. However, it was the Chiefs defense, which we know this year is horrific. So I think I also think that Aaron, Aaron probably wants to give him the double bird on the way out of the door and say, like, look at what you drafted. This is why I should have stayed and just, you know, flip him off as he walks out. If, yeah. if the Bears had not drafted Justin Fields – I, ha- I would have half the mind to think he'd just go super spike, go within division, and just yeah. say, fuck you guys. That would have been cool. Or he could go to the Vikings and pull a far move. The, yeah, he could go to the Vikings. I mean. Is Kirk That'd be pretty no. iconic. I guess he maybe Kirk I, Yeah, I feel, I, feel like, I feel like that would be like a, a bookend to a story that he kind of started when they ushered Favre out. Uh... Let's go ahead and move to uh, football team Panthers. I th- this, I think, is going to be a really interesting game. Um, I like the Panthers at home just because with Cam, they appear to be able to score. Um, but it should be really fun, should be really defensive. Um, and I would love to know what, what uh, little Jack thinks about his squad rolling into Charlotte this weekend. Yeah, man. Listen, Taylor Heineke, he's elite. He's the guy. Uh, he's the guy. Um, no, listen, I, I, I say what you will about him, but he orchestrated one of the best drives of the year last week. Um, there wasn't a whole lot he did wrong, and the defense played better than it has all year against a really good offense, um, even without Chase for half the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of this team is – can they do it week in and week out? Like, can they put together a good performance two weeks in a row? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. No one's seen it yet. Um, so we'll see. Um, shout out to Terry McLaurin, though. He's he's a really, really good player. Um, he'll catch everything thrown his way. He runs great routes. Just team leader. Just awesome, awesome player to watch. I know he doesn't get a ton of credit around the league, I guess, because he doesn't really have – a great quarterback turning the ball we get uh, all the time, but um, that catch he made—I don't know if anybody watched that last drive, but it was uh, a great catch. That catch he made on that a guy round. on his back um, and he eats a shoulder straight to his neck. Like, yeah, it was a like, great catch. Like you'd hear the hit from like from the nosebleeds, um, I'm sure. And like, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I don't know, Will. What do you think? 
Sorry, I'm having one. technical di difficulties still. Um, no, I'll get it. For me, it comes down to how well Cam does in practice. He's getting all the first team reps this week, trying to prepare him. And if you look at what he did last week, he really only had two good plays. And he started on the two-yard line and the four-yard line. Uh, when he threw the ball, he underthrew DJ Moore and got a lucky pass interference call and then threw it behind DJ Moore on another pass. So, you know, can he really get up to speed and get game ready in a week? We'll see. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to buy in and just say time to start Cam next week. Might be same sort of situation. Got to start P.J. Walker and let Cam handle the red zone. But uh, I think our defense is playing out of their mind well. I Reminds me a lot of the 2015 Super Bowl run sort of defense, um, which is a good feeling. I haven't seen that from the Panthers in a very long time. Uh, but, yeah, I'm very excited. I can't wait to see the reunion between Cam and his backup Heineke and Rivera. And I, I think Bank of America Stadium is going to be just out of its mind for Cam's return. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this game, as, like, maybe not sexy as it is on the surface, like, it kind of has two angles of national appeal. One, it's two teams with a lot of different questions, and, like, it could be a good, close game. Uh, and then the second, obviously, is is Ron going back to Carolina, um, which I think will be cool. I think I think he'll probably get, like, a nice ovation. Like, they'll do, like, a, you know, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll be cool. Um, plus, it's just better now that Cam's also back. Uh so should be fun, should be a fun one. Um, it, it might have to talk a little bit about whatever happens next week too. <laughs> we we talk a lot on this podcast. I do think we need to to just give a quick shout out. Ron Rivera is one of the all time good guys in the National Football League. Um, like just quality human being. Um, Riverboat Ron is one of the all time nicknames. Analytical uh, Ron. Yeah, analytical Ron is not nearly as cool, um, <laughs> but. You know, I, I love the guy. Uh, you know, he played on one of the greatest defenses ever. Uh, it probably He probably played on, in my opinion, the greatest defense ever um, in the 85 Bears. Um, and it's just super fun to see him survive cancer, beat it, and now he's going back to Carolina. And there's going to be nothing but love there. Um, so it'll be really fun there. But I tend to agree with Will on that one. Part of the issue is just I, I don't actually think Ken is very good anymore. Um, if if Cam Newton is drop, if you want Cam Newton to be a drop back passer, you don't want Cam Newton. Um, uh, I will say this: if he just doesn't turn the ball over, he's going to look really good. Um, that's a lot of uh, a lot of their issues have just come from turnovers this year. Their defense has the ability to keep everything close. So as long as the turnovers aren't there, they'll probably win. Um, no offense, Jack, but Stefan Gilmore pretty much neutralizes Terry McLaurin, and then you're asking to run against a top five rush defense in the league. Um, and yeah, all we Cam, are all Cam all really has to do to look good is get the ball to McCaffrey and let McCaffrey go to work. I mean, put up like 175 yards or something crazy against the Cardinals defense. Just yeah, it doesn't set up. Dump it our, our team just – the football team just doesn't have a, a great linebacking core in general, so it doesn't set up super well for, like, like anything they try to do with McCaffrey, like, up the middle, or, or just Cam just trying to 
run through everybody. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and kick it. I think one of the int- most interesting late or like afternoon slate games, uh, Bengals Raiders, is really going to be interesting to watch just because um, the Raiders got absolutely torched through the air by the Chiefs, and the Bengals have a similar style of ability to attack through the air there. So I really do hope this is the week that the Bengals get back on track. I love it when the Bungles are good just because it's like so not normal. But yeah, I think the Raiders are just in trouble. You know, like Joe knows how I feel about Derek Carr, like him, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. I love to hype up Matt Ryan, but it's all just a dumpster fire with those guys, you know. And, you know, Joe Burrow, clearly he's the guy. Like, Jamar Chase, clearly the guy. Joe Mixon. Like, their offensive line is even playing well above what they should be able to. And so, you know, I think the Bengals probably get back on track. They they try to claim the North. That AFC North is a weird division right now. The tie makes it even more fun, I'm sure, with all the scenarios down the stretch. I, I actually really like the, the Bengals to win it for a couple reasons. I know that's rogue, but just hear me out. One, uh, the Steelers and Big Ben is just so broken, he just can't air it out anymore, which makes, like, if you have fantasy, Deontay Johnson becomes super playable. Um, however, uh, it makes them very very easy to figure out. Um, the Ravens are a field goal away, a, a historic field goal away from losing to the Lions, um, and they've laid two eggs in a row. Um, and then on top of that, the Browns are going to Browns, and they are just Browns in real hard right now. So I, I think that the Bengals actually have the most complete – they just seem like the best situation out of everybody. Like, I, I don't know what is wrong with the Ravens right now. Like, they've won enough games, but I just don't understand, like, playing down to your competition as much as they have, you know? A lot of their a lot of their wins are also, like, Lamar being Superman in the fourth quarter uh, and coming back. And, like, like that, I think it was the Colts win, right? Like, yeah, won, like, yeah, they, they the have Ravens the wins, had no but... business beating that Colts team. The Colts dominated for four, three and a half quarters. Right, I don't, I mean, whatever the, I don't know what, exactly what the Ravens record is, but there could be three more losses on there pretty easily, um... Or three more wins, right? Like, I mean, they're just kind of – it just feels very random to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, that being said, I think the Raiders off the field issues have pretty much sunk them this year. And that's not me. But, you know, you can't lose two first-round picks, one on offense and one on defense, and expect to be the same without having a solid coaching situation. Um I just think that part is over. Like, the, the, the story for them – is now going to be run the ball with Josh Jacobs. Uh, but I just don't think they have the ability to stop anyone on defense to actually uh, win any more games, which is tough. But because um, I do like when Vegas has good teams, I think it just makes the whole league a little bit more enjoyable. But um, they're not going to be super great moving on. Uh, but let's kick it to the Cowboys Chiefs game. This will be a really fun game to watch. Uh, it, offense Will it? Promised. I think offense is promised. <laughs> um, I think the Cowboys win pretty handily here um, for a lot of reasons, but the most notable one being their ability to just jam the ball down people's throats, which I know we like to talk about Dak Prescott, and that's really fun, but 
the Cowboys' offensive line has played so incredibly well this year, um, especially with Tyron Smith being as healthy as he can be. Um, but it, they're they're going to have two thousand yard rushers and two thousand yard receivers, and that's like not anything to sniff at. Yeah, uh, I mean, the thing with them is the Cowboys have such a good situation with Kellen Moore calling plays, uh, and he's just getting everybody involved. He's getting all the touches, except for my boy Gallup. Hate that he's not getting any love, but he, he even still, I think, is going to end up with about 750 yards on the season. Um, and so, as far as the Chiefs go, they're like one very lucky play from that Raiders game being a very close game the entire game. Like, that Deshaun Jackson punch out by, uh, yeah. I forget who the corner that punched it out is that Matthew ends up with, that's very lucky. And then Derek Carr just has to Derek Carr and throw it into triple coverage so Dana Sorensen can feel good about himself. But <laughs> the Chiefs, if their offense is their offense and their defense can get two turnovers, that's the only way I think they beat the Cowboys. Because they will, like, Cowboys are going to munch cloth. They're going to run the ball with Pollard and Zeke. And you can dump it to CD. You can dump it to Amari Cooper. You can throw it over the top of those guys. Resident Mahomes um, super fan, obviously. Um, but I think he threw for, like, 400 yards or over 400 yards and, like, five touchdowns last week. And I, I forget where I read this, but I'm pretty sure that's only been done, like, like six or seven times and like once by like Rogers, once by I probably like Brady, something like that, and then like three times by Mahomes. Um just to, I, I again I forget where I hear that, but just whoever wrote that. Um but just one of the crazier stats out there. So like I don't know if like the Chiefs offense is back back, but like they certainly looked like that Chiefs offense of, you know, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill catching the ball for 15 yards and then running an extra 25 yards or whatever um, last week. So, But I, I, I agree say, that it's one play away from disaster. So, There was a certain TikToker who could not make an appearance at the game. And I agree. I'm, I'm not saying it helped out, but it could not have hurt. <laughs> Jackson Mahomes is so unbelievably cringy, it hurts. Yeah. Um, but... Dude, here's my thing about the Chiefs, and I know this isn't super popular and stuff, but, like, do we really think the Raiders are that good? Like, I understand that the Raiders are are aggressively mediocre, right? Like, they're aggressively the first team out of the playoff picture. But in what we're actually looking at there, nothing about them stacks up well against the Chiefs. They, Especially with Arnett getting kicked off the team last week, like, there's just nothing on that defense that makes you think, oh, they can definitely stop Hill and Kelsey. Um, and and Kansas City, it, Kansas City's inability to run the football consistently, especially early in games, I think is what just takes them off the table for me. You know, for you them can't to revamp their offensive line. Like it is still just not good. Like Orlando Brown, all. like Orlando Brown Jr. is clearly not a left tackle. Like, he, he is a mauler, like, power run right tackle who you don't need to pass block that Trey Smith is a huge body, right? He is a great downhill blocking right guard, but you've got your two best run blockers split, and the other guys are not great. 
You know, I, I don't letting Duvernay Tardif got. walk was such a mistake in my opinion. Well, like, I, think I think they traded him to the Jets, but it was like yeah. they didn't get anything for him. But like Joe Joe Tooney, who they got from the Patriots, I have never thought was that good. Yeah. And to me, he's just been impressively average. You know, it's it's not like a Roger Saffold or a Quentin Nelson. It, you know how he's been built or Brandon Scherf with the football team. Like that dude's a beast. But their their offensive line to, for them to re you know, re quote unquote revamp it. It's been so disappointing. They can't run the ball. They can't hardly protect for Patrick Mahomes either. It also made no sense to me the 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 timing of the revamp. Like they revamp their offensive line when this is the best offensive line draft in the last ten years. Like I, I don't I don't get what they were looking at. I guess they were thinking like we need to revamp it to win now. But they won the AFC last year with their crappy offensive line. Like they're still if they have that offensive line, they still probably win this year. Um, it's not like the Bills went out and made some big free agent splash or went out and got something really good. Like they're still probably they're still beat to beat a lot of these teams. It's just the NFC has, in my opinion, three of the top three teams in terms of like actually winning the Super Bowl. And so they just know that they have to beat the NFC. But in doing so, they just pigeonhole themselves. And now they're after this year, Mahomes is mammoth contract is going to start kicking in and they're going to have no salary cap to go make any moves at all um i hated it i i I just don't like it at all and and then the other thing here is just that the cowboys are very healthy this year they've been they've been able to avoid the injury bug i don't know if that's like i do think that there is a a part of the organization planning for that and having good strength and conditioning programs in the offseason and I think we've even seen that help out with Zeke so far this year. Like, Zeke has looked so much more explosive. He looks like year one Zeke way more than he does look like any of the other years he's been in the league. He's been more explosive. Uh, I know he's back on that. that. To, to me, Zeke has not looked as impressive as he did his first couple of years. Like, he looks better than he has, but I don't think it's anywhere close to, like, when he first popped in. Shay, Shay, be honest. Joseph. Joseph, do you take, the, take the state, take the state of Texas out of your vision, and no. let's look at this objectively. Who do you as love on that roster? You just it said it. He has Tony Pollard. Yeah, it does. Because you love Tony you Pollard, know. and you, you know he's better. You know he's better. I do think Tony Pollard's better, but I okay. That's like, dude. It makes financial sense to just run Zeke into the ground. Absolutely, bully his body. I get it. I'm with you on that. But to me, Zeke, is, he's looked marginally better. He's thinner. He's in better shape. He does not look real fast. No, but I think his pass-catching ability out of the backfield oh, yeah. has so significantly improved this season that it makes up for his lack of explosiveness compared to – I mean, year one's a different, but I think he looks closer to year two right now, and he's, his pass-catching ability has just gone through the roof. Like, the, his ability to – I think his ability to catch slip screens – has just so inc- because it neutralizes the opponent's pass rush. Uh, but let's talk last game on the slate here, um, and it is it is an absolute fun one in prime time. Is the Steelers Chargers? Um, this has all the hallmarks of either being absolute flames in terms of awesome or absolute flames in terms of dumpster. I don't think there's a happy middle. Still hurt. COVID. He's okay. COVID. Yeah. If, if I, he but I don't know. Back. I don't know if it's clear if he's going to play or not. Like he's vaccinated, but I don't know what the deal is for him. 
I will say last week was the most confusing decision I've ever seen Mike Tomlin make where he goes, you know what? I know what I've gotten Mason Rudolph. I'm still going to put him out there. And he's still just not going to do anything. Yeah. I, in my mind, I say, you just got Dwayne Haskins, who for, for a while was thought to be the guy in Washington. Uh, we, How? yeah, but I think we reached, but yeah. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. You don't know what you have with him. How is that not a game where you put him out there against the then 0-8 Lions? How do you not put out Dwayne Haskins to see what you've got? I, I think it became an injury thing. The only reason I think that is because that means that Big Ben got all the first-team reps from Monday to Thursday, and Rudolph got all the second-team reps. I'm may, like Dwayne Haskins may have gotten 10 reps in four days. He was probably repping the Lions offense, which – and I do – I will say Tomlin is this. Tomlin is a great head coach, and he, he's never put a guy out there who's unprepared. So I think it's probably a Dwayne Haskins was simply not prepared to run the offense, and they have a new offensive coordinator this year, so it's all brand new. So if he doesn't get the reps, I think they just weren't going to put him in. But I completely agree with you. Head scratching that Mason Rudolph is still second on the depth chart. Like he's just not thing, an NFL player. But the other thing to say there is like it could Rudolph could be second because like you also might not want to just throw Haskins into like a game in the second quarter or something. If Ben gets hurt, you'd rather have something you like know like is going to be fine for like the remainder of a game, say or whatever. So like maybe like that's why like he was already the second fiddle or whatever. I, I don't know. No, I completely agree. I I think it's mostly in my opinion. What I mostly see from that is that they mismanage the reps in practice during the week. I completely agree. No reason that Mason Rudolph should have played. He's just not very good. The only reason that makes sense is that, kind of like along Jack saying, I'd rather have Mason Rudolph come in if Big Ben gets injured, but I'd rather have Dwayne Haskins start the game, if that makes any sort of sense. And I know that's a little bit of a flawed logic there, but Dwayne Haskins is just so much better um, in terms of football, talent-wise, but Mason Rudolph is arguably going to be better in terms of things like turnover, running the two-minute drill, um, you know, racism. getting your team into field goal. Yeah, like it was know, also... racism, getting hit in the head by helmets. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> he actually leads was... the league in that. Yeah, <laughs> actually. It was also... Um... It was also really crappy weather, too. Like, it was freezing and raining, and yeah. I don't know. I I feel like the game plan in that situation should just be Najee over and over and over yeah. again. As, as far as the... Go ahead. Well, I no just think the Steelers, the Steelers' injury report is something to look at. There, Dotson is questionable. Watt, Minka, Chase Claypool, and... Uh, ben Roethlisberger are more than likely out. And even if Big Ben comes back, he's the only one on the list where you're like, he's the one on the list where you're like, I don't really care if he comes back yeah. or not. It's um, like he, he doesn't make that much of a positive impact anymore in his old age and his very much new alarm at this point. I think um, that the Chargers could run roughshod over the Steelers team. Because the, yeah. like, the, the thing that we're looking for in the Steelers defense is like, we want those guys. Like, the defense is coached well, obviously. It's a Tomlin defense, but, like, Minka is a major difference player. T.J. Watt is a major difference player. Cam Hayward is a major difference player. 
And if you only have one of those guys and the only guy that's going to go is the nose tackle, I'm going to take the Chargers to run quite a bit of their offense and, and play well. And especially they're at home. Mika I think the Chargers have, also has COVID, just a heads up. Yeah. I think Chargers just in general, you've got much better weapons around other than running back and maybe tight end. I don't even know who the Chargers run at tight end right now. The last, last one Jared Cook, Donald Parham, and Jared Cook. Jared Cook. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I like Mike Williams a lot. I like Keenan Allen. I think that's better than the TikTok fellows in Pittsburgh and Deontay Johnson. But, you know, the Chargers defense, well, I mean, like I said earlier in the season, <sighs> Derwin James makes them a lot better. They've got some weird scheme fits right now. Like, like Joey Bosa is just a weird fit at the moment. Yeah. And so I, I think if the Steelers come out running the ball, they can make this game really fun. They can make it a great game to watch. If they just, you know, <laughs> if they let Mason Rudolph try to throw at them, I think it'll be a bad game for them. I think the Chargers could win by 50. I also think that in terms of the Chargers, like they are 5-4, and four, but last week needs to be talked about a little bit. Um, they went full young team, and this is a very young team. First year Against another young team, though. No, dude, the Vikings have Mike Zimmer, right? Eagles, Eagles. No, no, this is the Vikings oh. from last oh, week. Oh, it was the Vikings. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. So, yeah, so Vikings last week have, you know, Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins, who are not necessarily Hall of Fame names. However, they are very veteran names. And Mike Zimmer is a specialist in this backdoor stuff where the Chargers dominate the game up until about two minutes left in the third quarter, and then the Vikings reel off two touchdowns, and uh, they end up losing the game. So it is one of those things where looking at their record – that, to me, was just a complete rookie mode of, like, Herbert didn't run the offense well, especially in the in the fourth. Um, and the Vikings were able to kind of backdoor themselves into victory there. I don't expect for that to happen twice in a row. Brandon Staley gives me no intentions of thinking that he's going to get beat the same way twice. Um, and I think – I do agree with Shay. I think the Chargers could have put up 40 points in this pretty easy. If, if the injury results remain stagnant for the Steelers um, – I think the Chargers could put up, you know, 42, 45, somewhere in that range pretty easily. No Minka is massive. Yeah, especially I mean, with Mike Tomlin, the way he can manipulate Minka, and especially that safety position that he's done throughout the years. He's everywhere on the field. Like, he, he is what makes that soup stir, you know? If you're a young coach um, and you want to see how to manipulate safeties, you should record the Steelers game and the Broncos game every week because the what Mike Dom, Tomlin and Vic Fangio do with them is unlike anyone else in the league. Um, that being said, uh, if you're a young safety, I wouldn't necessarily mimic yourself off of those two safeties because they are both like they have Hall of Fame type caliber yeah. safeties. You gotta have some ability to do that too. Yeah, yeah. Not every not every center field safety can play the run. That's not normally how that works. Money. I'm uh, stoked for these games this weekend. Be sure to uh, listen to Big Joe's podcast, Beating the Bookies, wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow at Parmesan Picks on Twitter for all the good betting action across all the sports. And be sure to follow at Electric Factor on Twitter as well for some hot takes and some other sports action. 
We will be back next week with another edition of the No Fs Podcast.